We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Datable podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Datable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. One of the shows that I've been obsessed with for like the last 20 years, I feel like, is the Bachelor franchise. I started watching Trisha when she was the initial Bachelorette, all the way now to Becca season. And one of the most standout contestants from Becca season was this guy named John Graham. Do you guys remember him? Venmo John. I'm sure you all remember him. He, is, he lives in San Francisco and he's with us right now. When we found out that we had, I guess, two degrees of separation, 
I knew I had to reach out and see if, if John is interested in being on our show. But also, Julie and I know a few people who've been wanting to be on The Bachelorette, yep. who've applied pretty much every season, who've auditioned and have never gotten on. So we want to know <laughs> some of your secrets too. Like, what's your hook? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. First of all, thanks so much for having me here. Like, I think this is a pretty awesome opportunity to come hang with you guys. And yeah. I've always liked the stories you guys are able to tell through this as someone who is dating in the modern world. So it's, um, uh, it's a scary place out there. Yeah. <laughs> and also like... It really is. <laughs> especially in San Francisco. Well, especially in San Francisco, but also reality TV shows really kind of skews our reality, right? I don't know how totally. dating should be, yeah. how you fall in love with someone in what three weeks? Yeah. <laughs> it, it happens super fast, and um, then you get engaged. Apparently, <laughs> okay. How is that supposed to make us feel good about dating? Yeah. So, just a little background about John. If you don't, um, if you don't follow the show, he's 29 years old. He's been in San Francisco for almost three years. So you and I are the same. Originally from Chicago, then New York for nine years. I think we overlapped in New York, and. Um, Pretty single, but have been taking a dating sabbatical. We've got to get to the bottom of this. He was on the most recent season of The Bachelorette. And then he went on to Bachelor in Paradise, which if you don't ever watch The Bachelor or or The Bachelorette, just watch Bachelor in Paradise, okay? It's like a combination of like selling you romance and trash at the same time, but you get really connected and you get really invested in the characters on the show. And John was such a refreshing person to have on the show this season because he's unlike anybody else. I, I don't know. I don't know if other people have told you that. Everybody else is there. They're kind of like bro-y. Yeah. You know, Julie, like, have you seen Bachelor in Paradise? I have not seen Bachelor okay. in Paradise, but I've seen They're The Bachelor. Like, yes. Broy of the broiest. Well, when okay. doing some research, I saw that you were said to be one of the most eligible bachelors on The Bachelor because <laughs> of just the stereotype of other folks. Yeah, I think Chris Harrison, <laughs> he had some nice words to say for me when he was announcing the cast members for Becca's season. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's John's a tech guy. John's involved in Silicon Valley and all this stuff. And so I think people really like that backstory behind it, too. You yeah. do have a great backstory. Before we get to what your life was like, before the Bachelorette, uh, okay. <laughs> let's just talk about the show because you know sure. we want to know what was the entire experience like, starting with the audition process. How sure. did you even think about being on the show? Yeah, yeah, so it hadn't really crossed my mind to be on the show, but my good friend and his wife, they love the show and they watch every season, all of Paradise, and they have told me for a while, like, you'd be a really good candidate, you should apply. And so I kind of laugh it off, like, yeah, that sounds fun. But it's like, How, do they? Do I really want to be on that? What is my family going to think? Which is what every single applicant thinks. Interesting. And then uh, his wife like emailed me and was like, here's the link to sign to apply online. Here's the essay you got to write. There's Here, an essay. You got to write an essay. <laughs> you, you have to. I physically printed out photos. And then my friend actually did a video interview of me. So he stood behind the camera and would ask questions. And then another buddy like chopped wow. it up into like almost like a little mini bachelor interview style. And it was standard questions like, like, tell me about yourself. What are you looking for in a partner? What do you do for fun? Why are you single? Yeah, why are you single? And so a few weeks later, some of the casting agents messaged me mm -hmm. on Instagram because I was smart enough to forget my phone number and email address. Uh -huh. <laughs> they must have really wanted yeah. you on the, <laughs> the show. They're like, hey, do you want to come down to LA for an interview? And they do, you know, the background checks. They do, those, they do tests, medical yeah. tests. They yeah. do uh, a host, a psychology test. They do a host of things. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to meet some of the producers oh, and, wow. and folks there. And then I think we actually started filming a few weeks later. So my whole process wow. was really fast. So once you're in, it's like go yeah, so time. Mine happened to be super late in the process, but other guys had oh, been had okay. been applying or they've been in the pipeline for months or nine months or so for and a while. Had you watched any of the previous seasons before? Not really. I've seen a couple episodes <laughs> okay. here and there. So I've you seen... didn't know Becca? I didn't know back. I didn't even know it was going to be back until it's announced publicly. Gotcha. So they, they don't tell us either. Uh, and then a few days after they announced Becca, they bring us on into LA to basically begin filming. And wow. that whole process that, you know, that first night when you come out of the limo, that's all real. Like I didn't meet any of the other guys until I'm like getting in the limo and I'm like, oh, Hey, oh, Joe, hey. nice to wow. meet you. Jordan, hey, I'm John. What's up? <laughs> How did you feel about the Venmo John nickname? Oh, it's fine. I mean, <laughs> I, I've got nothing against it. I kind of like it. It's cool. Yeah. Like Give Venmo's... us a background on why your nickname is Venmo John. Yeah. So I was one of the first employees at Venmo and I made the iPhone app at Venmo. And like Venmo is a really big part of me. It's like a baby that I helped grow and help build for a long time. And now I don't work at Venmo anymore, but... Uh, I think people like that story because I like mentioned Venmo once on the show. And <laughs> yeah, people and were it like, just whoa, whoa, spread Venmo, like, well, tell you me know, it's like Venmo John. Well, <laughs> now you're in their ads, so you yeah, are they're, Venmo. Yeah, and so uh, with Venmo, we did some ads in the New York subways, and that was really cool to see. Nice. I didn't even get to see them in person. I don't know when they're being taken down, but oh, okay. like, I got to see a lot of pictures of them. And we did like this really fun photo so shoot. Fun. So nice. that was awesome. Well, Venmo is a big part of all of us. Too. That is true. <laughs> that is true. That's music to my ears. <laughs> What's just for someone that isn't as avid watcher as others? What How is the dare big, you? I know. Sorry. What is the biggest difference between Bachelorette and or Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise? Okay, I guess there's similarities and differences. Mm-hmm. The difference, like just the obvious difference, is okay. that there's an even number of men and women gotcha. for the most okay. part. So there's no agenda of what you have to do. You don't have to go on these group dates. You don't gotcha. have to like be okay. like segregated at the mansion for the day you just like hang out who you want to hang out with and Mm -hmm. see where there's connections okay so it's a little more natural yeah so there's roughly like 10 men and 10 women they off balance it a little bit but you go hang out with whoever you want and if you find a connection with somebody pursue it and if like you decide there's no connection go to somebody else or just hang out with your buddies and so there's like a solid mix of everything but there is a rose ceremony (laughs) where every week they switch off and on. The men have the power to vote for the women. Okay. And the women have power to vote for the men. Okay. So people do get kicked off. So there's still some of that game show. There's a little bit of gamification. Yeah. Also, you kind of want to couple off right away. Yeah. That's when you know you're safe. If you haven't found a connection with somebody, then you have no idea if you're going to get a rose at that rose ceremony. So either you can... Yeah. Like, if I'm, if I'm like, dating somebody, then I can feel pretty confident that she's going to want me there for the next week. If not, then, like... Maybe a friend will be like, hey, I think you're great and I want you to be here. Like, that's how I stayed for the first mm. rose ceremony, too, is my friend Angela is like, hey, you deserve to be here. And I work awesome friends. And I'm like, heck, yeah. Thank you, Angela. And, nice. uh, you know, we're going to do a Facebook Live later. I'm going <laughs> to share these photos with you later. But I snuck into that resort where you guys filmed Bachelor in Paradise no when I was in Puerto Vallarta <laughs> with my then boyfriend. And he was a big fan, too. So we snuck oh. on the resort, you know, pretending that we're going to go look at some rooms, possibly. Oh. <laughs> but I wanted to see what it was really like. First of all, there wasn't much AC around. Not There's all the rooms. really no AC. No AC. Except so, in some <laughs> of the, like, camera interview rooms for 
for the equipment. It encourages the cast members to be outside the entire time. Yeah. And also you're just like trying to cool off. So you're going into the water a lot too, right? Oh, oh yeah. You can jump in the water. There's a pool. There's like drinks and cold drinks if you want to go get them, whatever you want. They yeah. encourage you to stay very hydrated. They like don't want to <laughs> Yeah. And then like are like how scripted versus unscripted are things? It's not scripted. They don't okay. make you do or say anything. During the interviews while you're on the show, they just want you to open up and talk about your feelings because at the end of the day people come for the drama but they stay for the love so the producers are encouraged to find matches in the real world because you can see like hey there's kevin and astrid for example they are now dating in the real world and people like that story or if you look at chris and crystal they survived from uh, bachelor in paradise and they're now engaged and they're just having that you have to watch the show an amazing phenomenal couple find and so the producers want you to open up and like see where they're maybe feelings for other people and mm-hmm. just like talk about it and so they they don't script anything they don't make you do anything but they might encourage you to like go talk to somebody mm. and hash out what mm. might be there mm. well what i really enjoy about pa- a bachelor in paradise is that it shows you a different side of the contestants because for the bachelor or the bachelorette you only see kind of like two seconds right. of what someone's about because they have to profile all the contestants right. Right. so all the cast members on bachelor in paradise you get to see a different side of them and they actually bring on some villains from the previous uh, seasons and they become these like softies or you know romantic at heart and you don't really see that side of them which is a good segue into john because i felt like you were completely different on bachelor in paradise and you were on the bachelorette okay (laughs) on the bachelorette becca kept saying John's very nice. He's oh, yeah. very That's nice. The, the worst compliment you can ever <laughs> right? get is someone who's nice. <laughs> we actually just did an episode on the nice yeah. guy. I, I listened to it. Yeah. You don't ever want to be labeled as a nice guy. But you like, never want to be the nice John's guy. John's very nice. There was like this very uh, athletic competition kind of thing. It was like you guys had to be very masculine. The lumberjacking. The lumberjack, the yes. Yeah. And everyone was surprised that John was able to really challenge some of the other bro oh, bros okay. uh, in some of the, in the competition, especially Becca, because she's like, I didn't see this coming at all. So you started to come out of your shell. But then before you could fully come out of your shell, you were eliminated. Yeah. That, after five episodes. I remember, I remember having some of my interviews with the producers about this, too. And I was like... You know, I've come in so intimidated. I'm looking around and I see everybody. I was like, is anyone not in the NFL here? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is a season yeah. of a bunch of football players. Was, yeah. And like everyone's huge. I was like truly one of the shortest, like least muscular guys on Becca's season. I'm like, dang, these guys are some freak athletes. But... I'm here. What the hell? Let me go like try stuff and put myself out there. And that's when I really opened up among the other guys. That's when I opened up with Becca. But by then she had built a much stronger connection with the other guys. Uh, mm-hmm. And so she ended up choosing them. And with Becca too, I felt like we had a better friendship vibe anyway. Mm-hmm. So I remember like you could definitely have some feelings of jealousy when you yep. see Becca going oh. on some other dates. Like guys would come back from a date and be like, yo, how was your date, man? Like, tell me all about it. Because I never felt like Becca was the person for me. Okay. And so I never had those feelings of jealousy because like, it didn't mm. bother me to like see her because I felt like we were like better as friends gotcha. anyway. So but no hard feelings to kind of... Absolutely not. And but like, it's interesting w- you say that about the physicality of the other men because you are tall and you are extremely buff. <laughs> but okay, if you don't know what John looks like, you need to Google some topless photos of him right now. Okay, Wh- whoever you are, just go on the internet right now. But it's interesting that you had these insecurities even though you were in top shape and you are tall. Of course. I think I also probably carried 
carried with me some insecurities that I grew up with. Okay. And so I was, yeah. <laughs> so Pre-bachelor. <laughs> so I, like, okay. I, I used to be super chubby and was picked on as a kid and I was embarrassed. I'm half Chinese and I was embarrassed about sort of my background because it was like a pretty white neighborhood where mm. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Mm. And I would like just always play the comparison game. And when, you know, as a kid, you're growing up, what you, all you want to do is like be cool and fit in. And I felt like I couldn't fit in. And so it, this was just like jogging a bunch of those memories back that I mm. felt like as a kid. And I know I'm like in fine shape now. I know I'm healthy and everything's like, you know, on paper doing just fine for me. But no one ever said anything to me. No one ever like put me down for it. But like I had a bunch of those insecurities coming in, which is part of what made me so quiet on The Bachelorette. But then I finally was like, you know, fuck it, I'm here. Yeah. And then I got eliminated. (laughs) I was like, well, all right, well, maybe I can have some redemption for paradise. And so I told Chris Harrison, too, I remember, like, I shook his hand. I'm like, yeah, I just want to put myself out there. I really want to go meet everybody with no inhibitions and see what's there. So I remember going to, like, basically using all of my free time to go, like, chat with the women. Not with any expectations of what could happen, but just, like, let me really get to know you Mm. and see what's there. And some of the guys were timid. Some of the guys were just, like, trying to get drinks or hang by the pool or chill with the other guys. And I'm like, no, I'm like... I want to go meet everybody. Like I'm on the beach. Like this doesn't happen. You can't <laughs> recreate this. Transformation on your own. was incredible. I mean, just <laughs> some of the reality TV websites that would you know talk about yeah. each episode be like, where the hell did John come from? <laughs> well, he went warming from up. Like, it's know? warming. Yeah. He warmed up on The Bachelorette and on on Bachelor in Paradise. You were like, I'm here for a reason. I'm going to talk to all these girls and I'm going to kiss all of them. You were the kissing dance on the show. Oh. And all the women was so interesting as they do like the, you know, the post-date interviews. And all the women were like, I didn't know what to expect of John going into this, but I really like him. He's pretty aggressive. <laughs> so that's a good segue. I to like say aggressive. <laughs> that's a good segue to what your dating life was like before the show. Sure. So dating before the show, when I moved to San Francisco, I was using some dating apps like The League or Bumble or whatever. And with like moderate success, like I'd be able to get a date here or there. Mm -hmm. And it was fine, but I never felt like I really found like my person. Mm -hmm. I was in a short relationship beginning of 2016 for a few months. Mm. and, And I was like, man, this is awesome. This was like, I feel like it was really going in the right direction. And then it ended super abruptly. And I I was like, I was pretty bummed about it, to be honest. Like, I I felt like I was pretty excited about it, but we were just on very different levels. How long did that last for? Not not that long, like in the realm of like months. Okay, but still like significant months for you. For, for me, like, I got pretty into it pretty quickly, mm. and I don't think she was there. Gotcha. And I kind of retreated away from dating after that. And I remember talking with some friends and talking with my family, and I'm like, ah, I just don't feel like my head is there. I don't even feel like my heart's there, or, like, mm-hmm. meet, trying to meet new people. Mm-hmm. So I like, super retreated away from trying to meet anybody, and I just wanted to spend time with myself and focus on myself. And I remember... Like, there are things that I've always wanted to do. I feel like with free time, I could finally do it. So, like, I went on Amazon Prime and I bought the cheapest guitar that I could find because I've always <laughs> wanted to learn how to play guitar. And so, I, like, I did that. And I've, like, been playing guitar pretty regularly since. And Good for you. And, like, I joined a volleyball team because I felt like I just needed more extracurriculars. And I played in high school and college. Uh, a third thing I did was, like, because I had more free time now, I was, like, I want to go, like, see old people. Because I, like, I don't know, like, my four grandparents passed away mm. within the past few years and I was like I don't know it's kind of weird to say but I was like I feel like I missed that a little bit in my life and so I found this volunteering organization I could just like brothers yeah little brothers 
friends of the elderly and I got matched with this awesome woman, Leah. And so I just hang out with her on weekends. And so awesome. I, I took her to see Blue Angels yesterday and it was so fun. Oh, cute. Yeah. This was so all cute. happening pre This was way before Bachelorette. Before yeah. Bachelorette ever was a okay. thing. I was like, I just want to like focus on myself. And okay. like, I wasn't trying to go on dates and I almost had to like rebuild myself and find myself before I could be able to bring myself to a relationship. And so by the time I was felt like I was really there to be in a relationship mm-hmm. again, my friends were like really encouraging me to be on The Bachelorette. And at this point I was like, what Why the not? hell? Yeah, exactly. what the hell? Like I've got nothing to lose. Like, yeah, I'm a little nervous. My my parents definitely don't want me to do this. Yeah, but, yeah I can't imagine what my Asian parents would say. <laughs> if you yeah. mentioned your like confidence younger was not so great because you were different and chubby yeah. as a child. How was it at this point of your life? Yeah, now it's uh, totally different. I feel pretty confident going to chat with anybody. A big thing is not really caring what people think anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would always try to like please everybody and always try to like do the right thing. Yep. And it ended up honestly trying to be like that nice guy mentality, mm-hmm. like referencing that last podcast you had. The, yep. I wasn't doing things for myself back then. I was doing them for what I thought other people might want. And really like no one's happy because you can't you can't like predict what people always want. Right. So and, wait, so this was before the show. And this you were, was before. You were... this, this was like years ago. Okay. I, like, like in college, I basically started running a bunch. And that was like mm. a good segue into me building more self-confidence gotcha. and getting in better shape. Since then, I've still run pretty regularly. I work out daily. I think that was a good segue into like where I am today, which is mm-hmm. like, yeah, now I feel much healthier and now I feel much more confident and I care very little about what people think now. <laughs> yeah. And really not caring is like great. <laughs> like, especially in this world of social media where now I think there's a little bit more people wanting to just see what my life is like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's elements of that being incredibly exciting and having followers and people commenting and views and engagement is like this really exciting thing and random people DMing you and telling you they support you is awesome. But then there's this flip side where there's there's negativity. Like Mm -hmm. I've read Reddit articles about how my voice sucks or how I'm a a total player. That's when you know you made it though. Yeah. Bash you on Reddit. (laughs) Or like if I'm there like John's a player, like he's dating Chelsea. He's like trying to do all this stuff and he's really just a fuck boy and I'm like y'all don't even know me at all and so like I actually felt down for a while Mm. and I remember like calling my mom and I was just like ah like I really thought I was above this but like it's actually kind of affecting me and she was just like listening and being a great mother but now I just like I've stopped reading those articles now because like I want to get back to not caring what people think yeah and so like I just want to like do what makes me happy I want to like spend time with the people that make me happy and I want to post things about like me like being happier because like being down is not a fun place to be it's and not so, productive so like, I like let myself kind of feel shitty for a few days and I was mm-hmm. like ah the social media is really getting to me and then now I'm like ah, I don't care so <laughs> when you better. win on the show do the producers warn you that this would happen a little bit I think it's probably different for everybody mm-hmm. um, not everybody gets like a huge social media following afterwards mm-hmm. um, some people get a huge following afterwards right. it can change people in different ways it, it's, it's also not just like a psychological thing that people it can change it's also like a business thing that people could change so it's not just me being down mentally it's me being down like my business is not doing well if like people use this as a platform to make money right it's no longer like oh people are hating on me um right. and it's just like i can take that mentally it's like people hate on me they don't follow me and now my business is suffering because right. i don't have the engagement that I would need to get like an endorsement or deal. Right. Like, luckily, I just I'm a programmer and I still <laughs> yeah. have my job. <laughs> right. like, I'm not going to quit my job anytime soon. But like, I still like if there's like an interesting brand that I like really 
want to work with, then, you know, we can chat about potential deals. But that's just like on the side. Right. Like I still stay grounded. Your livelihood with, isn't. I still stay on. grounded with my job. But that's sort of the evolution of reality TV. When real world started back in the day, people didn't know what the effects of reality TV would be. People yeah. thought it was right? going to be a fun experience to go on TV. Nowadays, you have people going on wanting those Instagram endorsements, wanting yep. to be famous. And you weren't that. And it's actually, you're kind of in the minority. Yeah. Because you went on looking just for a different experience. You were open to whatever. So you're almost like the old school reality TV yeah. cast members. Has there been any positive sides of newfound stardom, yeah. I guess? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I think now one is like, I could probably have a better chance of like messaging someone mm -hmm. and they're going to reply. On like a dating app or On something? Like, not through, so much through a dating app. Like, so the example I'm thinking of, did you guys see the movie Crazy Rich Asians? Yeah, of course. That like spoke to my Three soul. Times. Yeah. And I, and that, that was like the most amazing movie. Yeah, I, like, really I like cried 10 times. She I like, did too. Laughing hysterically <laughs> through it. And I like wa like wanted to get a message out to the director, John Chu. And like through mm. like a degree of connection, like I was able to send like, hey man, congrats. Like, that's amazing. this is awesome. And so like, he like followed me on Twitter and I was like, oh my God, John Chu followed me. So, <laughs> that's um, amazing. Because people like made made like some comparisons between right. me because like, of the tech thing and yeah. then the movie Crazy Rich Asians. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, what about dating apps though? Do, are dating you apps, on them currently? I'm not on dating no? apps okay. currently. He's on a sabbatical. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, not so much a full sabbatical. And there's like, I'm like, I guess I'm halfway in between where I'm like trying to, like, I'm not going to use dating apps right now, okay. mm -hmm. like, but I want to make sure that I like put the time into work that I like need to so that I can still be very grounded. And there's a little bit of me that now thinks that the my partner that I'm going to eventually end up with is like someone who I've been like friends with for a while. Because mm -hmm. now someone that, like that I might meet, I like have a little I like almost question their intentions yes like oh, I've met met up with someone like through like random like messaging there was like a part of me I was like do you like me or do you like the idea oh, of me? That's, yeah, I was going to ask you that, like if there was a side of that. Or, yeah. like, are you getting like, a lot of people reaching out being like, I want to go on dates or anything Yeah, like people that? like, even like of moms course. reach out to me and they're like, oh. please date my daughter. She doesn't know I'm doing this. Here's pictures of her. We're at the Grand Canyon. Here's more sure, pictures of her. Sure, she doesn't Grand know. Canyon. Oh my God. Uh, and like... <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, oh, that is so funny. So, so I could I could totally get not trusting intentions in some of this. Yeah, yeah. So so that's why I feel like someone I've just like known for a while and been been able to like build some like common trust with who I'm yep. like a friend with, and then that'll transition into something potentially more. And it's like I don't know. It's like kind of fun to like yeah. see that like that tension build up over some time and like hey like we like each other. Let's potentially see what's there. Yeah, um, that actually parallels your whole experience on the Bachelorette into Bachelor in Paradise because Julie made this really great point earlier when we were talking. She said, you know, um, you were just getting warmed up on The Bachelorette and Becca wasn't able to see all of who you are because it really parallels modern dating too if you meet someone online. You only have one or two yeah. dates to get to know yeah. them and some people need more than that because oh, you're so yeah, multifaceted. Sure. Totally. You, it takes you a while to kind of open up. So Absolutely. You didn't get that time with Becca. But on Bachelor in Paradise, you were like, I am warmed up right yeah. now. Here we go. Let's I'm super do it. warm. I'm like, Let's go. Fire it up. Let's do this. And also dating through the shows is like reverse dating. So you show up and you don't have that much time with some with the people. So you have to really get to the deep stuff first. Yeah. Whereas mm -hmm. dating in the real world, 
you like go on dates and you're like, what do you do for work? Yeah. Like, what's you your from? favorite color? Where are you from? Like, <laughs> yeah. And then later on, you might get to like, what are you looking for in a family? Like, where do you want to live? Where do you see your career right. going? Yep. But on The Bachelorette and, in, and on Paradise, you sort of reverse it because you don't have that much time. That's true. So you so have to get to the deep stuff. And- with knowing that, what would you do to apply that to like dating nowadays outside of the show? It's time to take a quick break so we can tell you about our current sponsor, Songfinch. Songfinch brings your stories and memories to life through one-of-a-kind radio-quality songs, with personalized songs starting at $99 and delivered within a week. Julie and I had so much fun creating a song through Songfinch. We decided to create a song for two of our friends and past guests, Kate and Boris, the couple that met on J-Date, remember them? So there were two options to choose from. You can either build from an existing foundation or start from scratch. So we opted for the second option to have a completely personalized song. We answered a couple questions with some background info and included some of our favorite memories. And then Songfinch handpicked a professional musician to write and record a completely original song from what we wrote. And it is so good. It's hilarious, but also very touching at the same time. I cannot wait to share it with Kate and Boris. Stay tuned to hear what they think of the song. Now, for Dateable listeners only, you can use the promo code DATEABLE for $20 off your personalized song from scratch. So visit songfinch.com and enter the code DATEABLE at checkout. Now, back to the show. What would you do to apply that to like dating nowadays outside of the show? I think what I actually prefer is that low-touch style where you can just hang out Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. not worry about the deep stuff first. There's like, I still have a little bit of like fear of jumping into something too quickly because of my like last relationship in SF. I feel like I jumped in way too fast and then it like all got pulled out from under me. Mm -hmm. So I'm like wary of doing that. I also feel like I just emotionally like opened up my whole personal life publicly Mm -hmm. and I'm like a little weary of doing that again now. I'm more looking for like hanging out with people and having a really good time like at a friendship level Mm -hmm, and if that ends up being something more like hey let's talk about it but I actually like the more like traditional dating style than the show dating style from a personal perspective instead of going in and being like how many kids do you want it's basically the like showed you just to move at a slower more natural pace I will say though now that I've been on The Bachelorette and Paradise in weird ways that process works for some people so well some people just want to put it on out there why is that but then it doesn't work for others so what is it is it just a personality thing is it it might be a personality thing it's a timing it's a timing thing for sure like look at chris and crystal they're i think they're both like 30 or 31 yeah and they're like hey we're not trying to like waste time we like each other a lot Let's see what happens. If it doesn't right. work out, let's just end and try again with some other people like right. or they Kevin and Ashton. Both, they were both sort of villains and kind of douchebags to other people. But somehow when they got together, they, they were like really mushy and like <laughs> yeah. nice. And they bring other. the best out of each yeah. other. Yeah. And then they're like, I don't know, in person, both Chris and Crystal, even before they started dating, I thought were wonderful people. Really? Like on the show, you only see little snippets of yeah, them. Right. Like, exactly. Like they can definitely show the parts where they're like being a little bit crazy. Right. And like, don't get me wrong. Chris has his crazy sides. I'd happily tell that to to him yep. to his face too. Okay, okay. He knows that. Um, but Crystal seems a little. Crystal was psycho. always awesome. She was just so generous, so kind. Interesting. Um, and Chris too. Like he's a super big goofy guy, but he has his elements of being crazy. Um, but they were like a wonderful match together. So reality TV show isn't fake or scripted per se, but they are only capturing certain moments so people make assumptions of a whole person. 
Yeah, it's pretty hard to sh- like everyone's so multidimensional. Yeah. How can right. you show someone's entire character in you know thirty minutes of exactly. airtime? Exactly, and just they can't. have to put you in a category. Somehow. Right, you have right. to be the psycho girl. You have to right. be the desperate girl. You know, they have to give you a label pretty quick. And also, I think as soon as the cameras turn on, people act differently. Yeah, totally. Right? Totally. It's totally. like they become a character or, or yep. a caricature of what they should be. It makes me think of like social media. It's like it's yeah. totally emphasized social media, but like people are just putting one facet of their life on display. Yeah. yeah. And usually they're kind of not consciously, but trying to put some like caricature out there. For like, sure. I'm the party person or like, I don't know what it is, but it feels like it kind of could go more of an amplified version. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, as someone who's been in the entertainment industry for over a decade now, I can tell you guys, I have many producer friends who are in reality TV and they say it's not so much scripted, but they know how to ask the right questions. Mm, okay, that makes sense. So they're great at their jobs. They're yeah. really great at their jobs. That makes it's sense. like, hey John, we heard Becca say this about you. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Oh, why did you have to bring that up? But okay, yeah, to open up a can of worms. Okay. Yeah. So they know how to ask the right questions. So it almost seems a little scripted, but it's not. So was there any other skills or anything else you learned from the show that you could apply to like dating and relationships moving forward? I think a big moment for me was just like really trying to not care what people think. Mm -hmm. And so I I keep I keep coming back to that because that was my biggest learning moment. Mm -hmm. And when I was like going on dates before the Bachelorette, I would always try to like, like, this is like the one pager my resume that I want you to know about me. Of course. And this is like, like, if you leave, like, I want you to tell your friends X, Y, Z about me and, like, yeah. think I'm great. And then now I'm just, like, much more vocal about things that I want and things that I don't want and things that I need from, um, like, life or from a relationship. You're, you and have so, opinions. Yeah. I want to, I like, be vocal about my opinions. And because, like, if you're not, then you're just always going to be, like, trying to please other people and be, like... A super facade version of yourself. Yeah, it's like what we were talking about with Tripp's episode, the nice guy. The nice guy is a people pleaser. He's neutral about everything. And he just wants everyone to be happy all the time. But totally not memorable at all. Not at all. And like you want to be polarizing in some ways. And Mm. you want to have opinions because that's going to attract people that either connect with your opinion or don't. And if they don't Mm. connect with your opinion, then you probably don't want to like be a partner with them anyway. But John, I think some people would say, I want to have strong opinions, but I don't know how to form these opinions. Because a lot of people feel very neutral about a lot of things. Right. What are some things that helped you form your opinions and have distinct perspectives? I think I've been much better about being able to talk about my past than I have been. Mm-hmm. And being able to talk you'll talk about and articulate your past can really help you give opinions about what you want your future to be. For example, I knew that... I grew up with some tough times when I felt like my parents were just like having really difficult discussions and they're amazing and they love each other and they're still together. But there was just some tough times as a kid where like I didn't really know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was just like kind of balling myself up and not wanting to like hear anything or be a part of it. And I, or I blame myself for like, if I'm, I must be a bad kid if my parents are fighting. Mm-hmm. And I want to have opinions about what it's like to be a father someday and I want to carry those into a time when I'm going to like be a partner with somebody and I'm going to be a father. And so I think being able to like at least talk about your past and understand it and articulate like 
how you feel about it is probably the first step into forming opinions about how you feel about something. That takes a lot of self-reflection and possibly therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I also am a firm advocate for therapy. I think everyone should do it. This is almost therapeutic. therapeutic. Let's talk about my past. Get around the mic. (laughs) I do want to know a little bit about your identity. So you're half Chinese, Mm half... I'm half Chinese, just half generic white. I just did 23 and me. I'm like, oh, yeah. Almost exactly half Chinese and like mostly like British, Scottish, white. Got it. Okay. And your mother's Chinese? Yeah, my mother's Chinese. Okay. So growing up, how were you perceived and then how did you identify yourself culturally? Yeah. How was I perceived is hard to answer because I'd have to like put myself (laughs) in other people's shoes and I don't always know what they're thinking. But the way I thought I was perceived was like the, you know, slightly chubby kid who's probably really nerdy and academically doing well and didn't have that many friends. I think the part that was tough for me was like, I would look at the kids that were quote unquote popular because they were like good at basketball or they played football. And I was like, well, I'm not like that. That's American culture. Yeah. American, like the homecoming king is like the cool popular guy. Yeah, of course. Um, Quarterback. Yeah. And so when I would look around, the popular kids were never Asian especially Asian males, I think there's probably some stigma where like Asian males feel like, or at least this is how I felt like if you're an Asian male, it might be harder if you're interested in white women to uh, be able to find a white woman that's interested in Asian males because they're not traditionally like the popular culturally attractive group that gets celebrated in the media as much. Mm -hmm. Um, So I felt like I was just another one of the Asian guys who's like fit into this paradigm where I'm also attracted to to white women too mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so like how could I possibly compete with these you know white super athletic guys mm. um interesting and so, so even though you were half white you yeah, were even though half white, focusing on the difference more. yeah no one ever like would make fun of me per se for being Asian I, I got like a f- definitely some comments mm-hmm. one of the funniest one I got was like hey John like are you Asian or are you Chinese it's technically not, I'm not like offended by right. it I'm more just yeah, like it's <laughs> um, but the hard part for me was like I would probably identify myself more with just like the less popular crowd i don't know if it was a result of being asian or if it was a result of being chubby or or just like trying to be a quote nice guy and people don't respond well to just like you being super timid and being really insecure they're like yo grow up man like like, honestly most people are so involved with themselves they don't have time to care about you so Mm -hmm. if you're like feeling insecure they probably won't even notice so it's better to like it's better to not care what they think because they really don't care what you think anyway. Do you ever get this, and this might be a little controversial, but I feel like Asian men are having a moment right now because of Crazy Rich Asians and all the uh, publicity and media around it. But a lot of my Asian friends would see someone like you or of mixed, like Henry Golding and say, mm, we don't identify with him because he's still half. He's, he doesn't know what it's like to, to struggle as a, a, you know, a 100% Asian male. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably some folks that think that out there. I felt like there were times where I couldn't identify fully with like an Asian crowd Mm -hmm. because I'm half. Or I I also felt like I couldn't identify with a fully white crowd because I'm half. And so like there's always a soft spot in my heart for halfies because I (laughs) I can identify with them more easily. Yes. Um, And I don't know. It's one of those things where kids, they just like want to fit in and Mm -hmm. wherever they can find comfort very quickly. 
I don't know, a bunch of people have come up to me, Asian men who are just like, oh, John, you are awesome. Like, I'm so <laughs> glad you are Asian because yeah. it like makes me like so excited for you. And he, one guy even said it gives him hope. It gives <laughs> and, him hope. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was funny. <laughs> so like, yeah, maybe there's some folks out there that don't think that I count as Asian and like, whatever, honestly, I don't like care. <laughs> yeah. It I, 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 it's just, I'm half Asian. That's what I am. You're fully yeah. Chinese. You're fully white. Like, I don't care. Like it is what it is. <laughs> so what are you looking for in a partner? I, yeah, I've been doing some soul searching on this more recently. <laughs> what I like is when people keep me grounded. Okay. And I know for someone like in my shoes, like I definitely could have that aspect where like, oh, he's got a verified check mark on Instagram. Or he's got X number of followers yeah. or like on mm-hmm. paper, he's awesome. He's you know got this great job behind him. I feel sometimes when I can like be in my head about it and have like a little bit of an ego and I need someone to be like, yo, John, get over yourself. You're really not that great. I'm like, ah, you're right. I'm not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> so no extreme fans. <laughs> yeah. So I want someone that's definitely keeping me grounded. Um, another thing for me is I get in my head about things regarding just sort of like indecision Mm. and the hard part there is it's not that I know what I want always or I don't know what I want it's it's sometimes I'm just like I fall into that trap of like me trying to please everybody Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and sometimes saying things that might hurt people Mm. uh like I'll I'll try to avoid and it's better when sometimes you just got to rip that band-aid and say it and so Mm. I appreciate when people can have those really tough conversations with me and it feels just much more natural. I'm not being judged. I can like talk about anything. Um, and that's why I feel like there's a there's a bit where it's easier to be friends with the person first because you can have those difficult conversations right. without the behind the scenes thoughts that like, how might this affect my relationship, relationship with you? And so if you can have some of those test runs of those difficult conversations, you'll know what it might be like mm-hmm. in the relationship if that could yeah. happen. It sounds like you need someone who knows you to the core and who's seen the evolution of how you change. I think that would help, yeah. <laughs> so have you yeah. gone back through your Rolodex of like, <laughs> <laughs> all the females in your life in the last um, 10 years? You uh, do, maybe. Uh, not, as, not as much. I mean, I, I, a big part of what the show teaches you is to have an open mind. Mm. So I'm not saying like they necessarily have to be someone that I've known since like kindergarten, yeah. mm-hmm. but like, you know, I, you could meet someone down the road. You could maybe someone that you haven't known very well, but like now you've become like in a circle of friends together. Mm-hmm. So right. I'm not, I'm not ruling anything out right now. I'm just like trying to like, like stay focused at work. I'm trying to yeah. stay focused and make sure I'm there for, with my friends and my family. Yeah. And then if like think relationships could like, are exciting and you know I'm very curious about them then I, I want to spend time with somebody but I'm I again I'm sort of like almost too emotionally like drained to be able to fully commit into something which is right. why I'm almost like slowly tiptoeing <laughs> yeah. into whatever could happen so that's a great segue for some takeaways so many segues, today. <laughs> so many segues but you do you want to start with some of your takeaways yeah I think um one is I say this a lot but I think this is another great takeaway just to keep repeating, which is we're all works in progress. And whenever we meet other people, we have to know we're meeting them at a moment in their life. And they may be totally different the next day or the next month or next week. We have to forgive each other for kind of the changes we're going through, but also embrace where we are in this journey. 
So it's wonderful to hear John's journey because it, it's all documented on TV, <laughs> but it's also very authentic. And yep. when you own your journey and know that you're a work in progress, it helps you stay grounded to know that, hey, I'm still working on myself. That you know, This is not the end deal here. I'm still working on myself, but I'm also looking for someone who's working on themselves too, who's in this evolution of yeah. going towards a better person, right? Yeah. Going to be a better person. I do really like that point though, that everyone's totally. a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone thinks like, when I get there, yeah. but you'll like never get there. You'll just, it's like always a step in the right direction. Totally. And once you do feel like you've gotten there, then you've stopped growing as a person. Yeah. Totally. What's the fun in that, right? Yeah. I think the second takeaway I have is I when we talk about dating and focusing on your dating life, it doesn't have to be about dating other people. I think something you said earlier was I took a step back and started focusing on myself. I bought a guitar. I joined a volleyball yeah. league. That's dating yourself. You're taking yourself yeah. on these dates where you have mutual interest, right? Yeah. So when we talk about focusing on our love lives and our dating lives, don't think about it as you're trying to find a partner. Right. You got to be okay dating yourself first. Or getting comfortable yeah. with yourself. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I, I really wanted to love myself before I could be in a relationship again. And especially now I've learned like, I, I like value personal time. Yeah. Like I just want to like hang out with myself. Honestly, yeah. I want to like play guitar or like, honestly, sometimes just like play video games. That's and so, okay. and so like, I know that I need alone time and like a, a partner that respects that and wants that too. would yeah. It's like a, a, a big plus for me. Awesome. And how much do you love yourself right now? Yeah. Now I'm like, now I'm like, I'm clap nine on myself. It's still a work in progress though. <laughs> there are times when I feel pretty down about myself. I'm like, ah. Like, oh, you you're human. Be, you so. could be cooler, John. You're human. <laughs> <laughs> I think my biggest takeaway is, is um, there's a difference between winning and success. Mm -hmm. And I think technically on the show, you did not win, right? You did right. not move on. Um, what's her name? Becca. Becca. <laughs> Whatever her name is. <laughs> Becca did not choose you, but you made a point that one was, first of all, you felt like there was more of a friendship mm -hmm. with Becca. And a lot of men probably would have been like, I want to win. I want to yeah. make sure no matter what. And I think this ties back to dating that not everyone you meet is going to be exactly. a fit. And yeah. it's not winning to get to the next date. Like if it's just not a fit, it's not a fit. And there's mm. nothing wrong with that. And I think success came in and the fact that you got to know yourself as a person. When yes. you went to Bachelor in Paradise, you were a lot more comfortable. You were able to shake some of the insecurities against all the football type <laughs> yeah. macho men. Yeah. So yeah, I think there is definitely a difference in not just looking at the immediate outcome. Yeah. Know what your end goal is. Your end goal is not to win someone over. That's that's a really hard win goal. Win the reality TV show. <laughs> yeah. reality TV show. Your end goal is to learn about yourself, learn about the other person, and then hopefully know what you're looking for. That's yeah. the end goal. So I'm really glad that you stayed grounded through that whole situation and you were truthful to yourself, you know, in your feelings. Totally. That's a really good takeaway. Yeah. Anything yeah. else that you have, John, either from this discussion or just from the whole experience? Yeah, any takeaways? Um, a big thing is like not to worry about what people think. Yeah. Because you're never going to be able to please everybody. You just can't. And if you go down that path, you're probably just going to like fail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just the more you can do things for yourself, the more... You'll make yourself happier. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, that's like a sort of this thing that I've been trying to do now was just like 
really make sure that this where I spend my time is some like with the people yeah. I want to be with or like doing the things that I want to do. And that's like through work, that's with friends, that's mm-hmm. with my family too. And so like being very um, judicious about like where I want to be spending my time, I think has been much better for me. And I think it really mm-hmm. tests you when you are a reality it TV really show and you see if you the Reddit comments. If you can reality TV, you can pretty much survive anything. One of the questions you asked in the beginning, Julie, was what are some of the positives that came out of this experience? Oh, yeah. I would say one of the positives for you is that now you have a platform. You mm-hmm. can yes. use this platform to promote some of your philosophies, some of your mindsets. And I think it's great that you've um, come on our show to talk about some of that. And we encourage you to keep doing that because this is a great platform for you to do that on. I want to wrap this up, but usually what we do with our guests is we say, well, if anybody wants to meet this guest or wants to be set up, let us know and we'll, you know, make something happen. But I think in John's situation, <laughs> if, like, you, Don't do that. <laughs> if you know John for a few years, or a ten, if you're like a childhood friend and you just happen to be single and you know who he is. Or if you've never seen yeah. The Bachelorette yeah. in your life. If you, if you meet me naturally in person, yes. I think that's just like a much better, a better way to, to go. go. It really is. <laughs> but if you just want to pop up from the past somehow, just slip into his DMs. Okay, you don't need to go through us. You can just find him on Instagram. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you so much, John, for doing this. We're going to do a Facebook Live now, so you're not done. (laughs) Let's do it. I'm excited for that. I'm so excited for this. We have so many questions about the shows themselves. Sure. Um, For anybody who's listening to this who would like to be a guest on our show, have you been on a reality TV show, a dating show? We love to hear from you. We actually do know quite a few other Bachelor family uh, alums who, who live in San Francisco, so we love to hear from you as well. On that note, Stay dateable. Your action item for this week is to stop looking at dating as a reality TV competition where you're trying to win someone's bros. At the end of the day, it's all about compatibility. Are you suitable for each other? So next time you're trying to get him or her to like you back, step back and think, do I think we're compatible together? Does that motivate me to get to know this person more? And then you'll stop thinking about winning this race or winning this competition. Now it's more about finding the right partner. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. If you didn't know already, we have a revamped website with articles, videos, and content all about modern dating. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We've had some great feedback about how actionable these episodes are. So check them out on our website or iTunes Music. Also, visit the site today to see the latest about coaching where we connect you with dateable approved experts to help with everything from dating profile reviews, coaching, and even gathering real feedback about your dating style in a personalized and affordable way. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Dateable Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode.